Well, I want to welcome you today to the Hills Church at Home. In fact, I don't think I say this as often. This is a ministry from the Hills Church in Arcadia, and you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, to find out more about us. All right, let's jump right into this. In fact, today, the title of my message today is Silence in Heaven. And I know that sounds so odd, because when we read the scriptures, there's no silence in heaven, but you'll see in just a minute in the one verse uh, that it points out silence in heaven. Let me mention this, Revelation, in fact, we've been doing it this summer, teaching uh, out of the book of Revelation, at least for me, is so challenging. It really requires you to go back and to go into uh, the book of Daniel, the book of Ezekiel, some of the other Old Testament prophets. You go through the teachings of Jesus, especially uh, in Matthew 24, 25. You go through the Apostle Paul's teaching, and then you go through even early first uh, and second John, but then in Revelation. So it really requires you to go through and, and study out. So it's challenging to go through. And so even this week, I found myself challenged as to where to head because as we've been going down the line, you start hitting all of these judgments. And sometimes it's kind of depressing to speak them out, but it, it is Bible and is truth. And we need to be uh, aware of it. Well, let me read this one verse and I'll come back and comment here in just a minute. Revelation chapter 8, verse 1, talking, uh, John sees this about Jesus. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Now, remember, as Jesus opens, this is the last of the seals. It sure seems that with silence, everybody in heaven knows what this means. The final judgments are about to be unleashed, and there are no more seals. The scene, remember, heaven's noisy, not a bad, but just it's noisy, and God loves a joyful noise. He loves loud singing. The four living creatures have been praising him, as John said, uh, you know, 24-7. The 24 elders have been praising him. I'm sure the thousands upon thousands and thousands of angels, harps, we read about thunders, uh, the praying martyrs under the altar, so much noise in heaven, the sound of praise, and now the sound of silence. I find this scripture very interesting because John was able to measure time in heaven because he said there was silence for about a half an hour. Now, wouldn't it be odd if I said, okay, we're going to uh, fulfill what we just read. We're going to be quiet as you're watching or as you're listening for 30 minutes. Ready? Go. Well, you, you'd have clicked by now or, or, or turned it off. Uh, it, it's very hard for us these days to be silent, silent in heaven for over 30 minutes. Now, what's about to happen, and maybe heaven knows, 
is this is the seventh seal that is opened. It will lead to the seven trumpet judgments and this, the seven bowl judgments. So th these are a series of three end time judgments of God. These judgments get worse and even more devastating. And all of these are connected one to another. But the seventh seal now will introduce the seven trumpets and the seventh trumpet will introduce the seven bowls. But here's what I thought was very interesting in Revelation chapter one, verse three. Here's what John says. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things that are written in it for the time is near. Blessed is he that reads it and hears the word. So as you're listening to this today, as you're reading the book of Revelation, as you're hearing these words, John says, you are blessed. <laughs> and as you read some of these, it's kind of shocking that you would say, I'm blessed to read these judgments. You are blessed. You'll see why here in, in a little bit. You are blessed. You know, when, when, uh, when we were young, I have uh, two other brothers, so there's three of us. And we only got to visit my grandma, uh, and she lived outside of Gary, Indiana. In fact, I believe three times before she passed away. But when we would go to her house, she lived on Lake Michigan. When we would go to her house, my mom was always concerned because she had her home stocked with sweets. And my mom was always wanting to keep her on her diet. And so part of uh, when we first would go through the house, my mom would go through and, and, and do an inventory of, of her cupboards and her refrigerator and her freezer. And she always found, in fact, my grandma loved Sarah Lee pound cakes. Man, and she had them stuffed in the freezer in the kitchen, stuffed in her deep chest freezer, in her, her little outdoor screened area. And my mom would always let us know when we go in there and she'd say, boys, clean her out, right? Clean her out. Well, my, my grandma, uh, she might not have been able to see very well, but she could hear very well. And when the boys were quiet, she knew that we were in her freezer. She knew we were getting her Sara Lee pound cakes. And that's what we do. We grab a pound cake and we go out back. She had sand dunes, big sand dunes behind her house. And we'd go all the way up the sand dunes with a little Sara Lee and something to drink. And she would, she would yell out when it got too quiet. She'd call my mom's name, Mary. Mary Lee, the boys are in my freezer. She knew we were wiping out her sweets. Well, how did she know we were in her freezer? Because it was silent in the house, right? No more laughing, joking, running, silent. Silent meant we were eating her pound cakes. Well, we read that verse. There was silence in heaven for about a half hour on the things that were taking place or going to take place on earth. But you are blessed today because you're reading it, because you're hearing it. You are blessed. But I want to read this one verse. In fact, it's important for us to look at in the book of Revelation. In fact, I've titled it, You Are Warned. You Are Warned. Revelation chapter 22, 18 and 19. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone 
adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away the words of this book of this prophecy, God will take away his part of the book of life from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Wow. You've been warned. Don't add or don't take away. If you add to this book, all of the plagues that are written in this book are going to come upon you. If you take away, your name is going to be taken out of the book of life. Boy, you are warned. So I guess that really means to us not to water it down, uh, not to sugarcoat it, not, not to try when, when somebody asks us a question about it. Well, we don't, we don't know if that's really going to happen. Don't add, don't take away. Take it for what John said. In fact, remember this, you are blessed because you are reading and hearing these words. In fact, we go on and we remind ourselves this, that the world is broken. The world is broken. You know, we read this verse in Joel chapter three, verse three, that becomes shocking because we feel like we read these stories in our news even today. But Joel prophesies and says this, they have cast lot for my people. They have given a boy as payment for a harlot and they sold a girl for wine that they may drink. Well, what, is that, what does that sound like to you when I read that verse? Sounds like human trafficking. This is Old Testament, Old Testament prophecy. In fact, we had a discussion several months ago at our house and the topic came up about um, which illegal type of trade brings in the most money. And I forget why we were talking about it. And I guessed right off the top of, uh, 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 was drugs. I, I mean, I, drugs, right? I mean, we, we read about it, we see about it. We see the cartel moving drugs. We see them with submarines. We see them with airplanes and ships and, and everything. And my, my wife said this. She says, no, the number one is human trafficking. I had to look it up. And, and it's true. Uh, the, what, what, would be, what would seemingly seem like that the topic of the news is drugs, it, it actually is human trafficking. In fact, it's a $150 billion a year business. And the saddest thing from personally living in the state of California, pastoring in the state of California, is, is California had the highest statistics of human trafficking in 2019. In fact, even with the COVID-19 and things shutting down and slowing down, it created circumstances that increased the risk of trafficking. Well, the uh, Solomon in his wisdom in Ecclesiastes 1.9, in fact, the end of the verse says this, there is nothing new under the sun. I don't hear this phrase every week, but I hear this phrase so, so often from people that would say, if there's a God, 
He would not allow the children to happen this. He would not allow starving. He would not allow these things. And we have to go back that uh, he did not allow it. Sin entered the hearts of Adam and Eve and was passed on to us. And this world is broken. It's broken. There's nothing new under the sun. And even in judgment, think about this, even in judgment, people are going to reject God. In fact, let's read this verse in Revelation chapter 9, verse 20 and 21. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see, hear, nor walk. And they did not repent of the murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Wait, we're talking about uh, these judgments that are coming out that are horrific, that are horrible. And it says, the rest of them that weren't killed, they would not repent. Think about that. They would not repent. Even with judgment, people still reject God. It is so hard to fathom that. So hard to fathom. Discipline usually caused you to straighten up, right? Nobody wanted to be grounded in their room. Nobody wanted to to uh, have to not be able to play when they were younger outside on a Saturday. D discipline changed you. This way, people will not accept the Lord even in severe judgment. You know, one of the things that we know, in fact, what's encouraging in all of this is God wins. He is still on the throne. Jesus is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And in fact, we can say God wins right from the beginning in Genesis chapter three, verse 15, when there's a curse that he puts on the serpent and I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, talking about Jesus prophetically in the future as Messiah, that virgin birth, he shall bruise your head, you shall bruise his heels. Some of the translations said, he will crush your head. Here's what God's saying. You know, I'm going to put enmity between you and my son is going to crush your head. I win. God wins. Jesus is king of kings and Lord of lords. Let's look at a couple of those verses. In fact, I love it as we read on. Revelation 1.5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead. And the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Notice what it says. He is the ruler over the kings of the earth. You know, whether it's a president, a dictator, a prime minister, whatever the title might be, Jesus is ruler. Oh, they might. They might think because they've been voted in for life or they've been voted in for uh, 30 years or they've been elected in for four years, whatever it might be, Jesus is 
ruler over this earth. In fact, we go on, we read in Revelations chapter 11, verse 15, and the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. That sounds like that hallelujah chorus. He shall reign the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives unto death. Now remember, this is talking about those on earth, those martyrs. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony, the power in the shed blood of Jesus and the word of their testimony. Revelation chapter 17, verse 14. And they will make war with the lamb and the lamb will overcome them for he is the Lord of lords and the king of kings, and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. Let me give you another one. Revelation 19, 16. Now listen, this is interesting. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Can I ask you right now, how many times have we just read here in Revelation, King and King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In fact, this one he's got on a robe, but written on his thigh are King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, uh, those of you that are into tattoos, don't go out today and get a tattoo, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's written on the Lord Jesus. He alone uh, deserves that one. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The other thing that we know about our God and our Father is that he is a God of mercy and grace. Now, I, I thought about this for a minute. Since Genesis chapter 3, since sin entered the garden, since Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden, since that uh, cherub was placed at the tree of life with a flaming sword to protect the tree of life, Ever since then, God chose people to, like Abram at the time, to establish his covenant, to have a, a chosen people. He gave prophets to prophesy uh, about what was to come to pass. He set up certain kings to lead his people. Uh, and yet all through the Bible, it was setting up the stage for Jesus to come for us to follow the teachings of Jesus, for the church to be birthed in Acts chapter two, for the apostles to begin to spread the church out. Now, now remember, if you remember Acts chapter two, Jesus told them in Acts one that they should preach the gospel in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. But they weren't moving, and when the persecution hit the church, then they spread out into all of those areas. So the gospel started being preached all throughout, but God's had a message and he's had a message all the way through the Old Testament about one, 
one coming, a Messiah. Prophecy about it. The then Jesus coming, his teachings, his laying down his own life, his dying, his resurrecting from the dead, being with his disciples. The, the, the apostles now preaching, starting churches, people preaching, uh, and, and it's spreading on and so forth. So we know this for over 2,000 years. There have been preaching of the gospel. You know, I've mentioned this before, even in, in recording a video message or an, an audio message. The amount of churches just in the last 15 months that went from uh, holding a public service to now holding both a public service and online service or online podcast has increased. In fact, one of the numbers thrown out there was somewhere in the neighborhood of 96% jumped out. So that's just America. We know the gospel is the, has been preached. I went back and I looked on our podcast. We have over three years of messages that are on there, three years of messages that are stored on there. So the gospel has been preached, but the mercy of God and the grace of God still continue on. Listen to this verse. And this is getting towards the end of Revelation. And John says this, then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven having the everlasting gospel to preach to those that dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him who made heaven and earth the sea and the springs of water. Now picture this with me, as the verse said, all of these judgments are being poured out. I mean, one after another, we know people are getting saved during the tribulation. We read about the two witnesses that God sends to preach the gospel, right? So there's already two witnesses that are sent to preach the gospel that are killed, rise from the dead, go back up to heaven. Now, before it's all over, he sends an angel to preach the gospel again. It shows us the long suffering, grace and mercy of God that doesn't want to lose anybody. You know, a few years ago, in fact, we, we had uh, him two different times, gentleman by the name of Bill Weiss. You can actually go on our podcast and listen to his message. Bill has probably one of the most powerful messages. He was in hell for 23 minutes. You can go listen to it to get the details. But one of the things that I, I remember when he came to, to our church, in fact, he said this, that whenever he notices in the news that somebody of renown dies, he investigates to see, was there any faith in their life? In fact, I found myself doing that when, when you read about that somebody passed away and it's like, oh, I, I remember them. You go and you search and you try to find any faith. And many of the times you look and there, there's nothing listed of anything that has to do with their, their faith in God or their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean that they did. It may not have been recorded, but 
but many times you find it. Many times you find that they were very outspoken. And the reason I bring this up, because he says this, he says, because if they didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal savior, he said, I now know what they're going through, but I was only there for 23 minutes. I can't imagine being there and thinking this is now eternity. And in fact, he said these words. He said, because if you're a somebody on earth, you're a nobody in hell. If, you're, if, you, if you rose to a position and you were a somebody, you had name recognition. You know, you were an icon in hell. You're nothing. You're nothing. So think about this. Even at the end, even people in that verse that we read earlier that reject him after the judgments, he still sends an angel to preach the gospel. You know, that should be so powerful for us today that even if you're just listening to this message, this is an opportunity that God wants to get uh, your attention, that you make sure that in your heart you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior of your, your life, and that you've turned your life over and you're living for him. You're, you're no longer a follower of the world. You're following after Jesus Christ. You're one of his disciples. You're picking up the cross and you're following him daily. The apostle Paul says, I crucify this flesh daily. It's so important and you need to know that there is every opportunity under the sun for you to hear. In fact, the reason that we haven't left earth yet is that there are still people and there's still some timeline that God has that he's allowing people to hear the gospel before he comes and gets his church but even at the end, before Jesus comes back a second time, he's making sure that everybody on earth that has still rejected him has an opportunity to hear the gospel. That is so powerful. In fact, if you've never prayed that prayer of asking Jesus into your heart, I pray that you would pray this prayer. In fact, we know according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I confess and accept Jesus as my Lord and the Savior of my life. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today I begin my relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In fact, if you prayed that for the very first time, or today's a day of you rededicating your life to the Lord, I would so encourage you to reach out to us whether by our website, whether by the social media platform that you're watching today, it's so important that we help you with some next steps, that you get into to a great Bible-believing church because you are now on this very powerful walk and Jesus lives on the inside of you and the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you that will teach you these things.
Amen. In fact, while I'm mentioning that, if you don't receive our weekly email, and our weekly email is really just some information about the upcoming weekend, a message as an encouragement, uh, many times maybe an upcoming ministry assignment, we don't send out anything that is asking uh, for money for projects or anything like uh, like I know you, when you sign up for something from an email, it seems like you get bombarded day and night. It's not like that. If, if we don't have your contact information and you'd like to be uh, on our church email, go to our website and click on the contact link. And add in your name and email and even a cell phone or something if you would prefer. And just write your contact so that we can add you on that. We would so appreciate it. Well, as we receive our tithes and offerings today, I want to read this verse, these two verses to us. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9 and 10. Remember the former things of old. For I am God and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. Think about that. Remember the former things of old, uh, for I am God, and there's no other. I am, and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient time things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do my pleasure. Think about that. For I am God and there is no other. God is a God of promises and a God of covenant. He fulfills those things. He's watchful on our lives. He is watching out for our lives. So whatever you're facing today, in fact, you, you might not even see any, see or be facing anything, any struggles. Yet we need to know this, and it becomes very confident in our faith that God knows our end and our beginning. He's been there. He is God, and there's no other, and he will fulfill what he says he will do. So pray this with me today, would you? As I give in today's offering, I have faith in the God who I serve. Father, you know everything, and there is nothing too hard for you. You see clearly in my life, my challenges and my resources, and you know how to care for me, and I honor you today in my giving. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're giving today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can click on the top right uh, hand of the screen on the Give button, it's safe, fast, and secure. You can also write to us and give by mail. Uh, the Hills Church P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California 91066. And the Lord bless you for your faithfulness and you are honoring him. Well, as we do each and every week, we close out with the verse that is the reason why we are named the Hills Church. And we remember this promise and we pray this promise over you. And David wrote these words and he was looking for the Ark of the Covenant that was on the Mount Moriah because that's where the very presence of God was. And he said, I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? 
Where does your help come from today? Where does your help come from tomorrow? Where is your help going to come from this week? My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. The Lord bless you. Have a great day. Your help comes from the Lord. If he can make the heavens and the earth, he can help us and he will help us in Jesus name. The Lord bless you. Have a great day.